going to turn our attention now to the world of basketball. Plenty happening in the build-up to the NBL Grand Final Series. Joining us down the line to talk all things hoops is friend of the show, former Wildcat and NBL analyst, Nick Lakovic. Nick, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Matt. Pleasure to have you on. Uh, Now, Nick, plenty of basketball happening right now, but we have to wait for the NBL Grand Final Series. It doesn't kick off until March 3rd, uh, so another week to wait because of the FIBA break. Does it halt the momentum of the NBL? Yeah, I think it does, absolutely. I mean, there's benefits individually for both teams uh, in, in having the chance to recuperate you know, muscle soreness, fatigue, injury, an accumulation that has uh, that has logged some players uh, big minutes during the course of the NBL season. But in terms from a spectator and a product point of view, I think it does. You know, when you're not relevant and you're not in the in the forefront of the uh, the audience's mind, you generally have the ability to tune in or out and have a look at other things. And the momentum of the NBL, uh, the standard of which it was being played at, the quality that was being delivered. Uh, I thought it was at a really high level. So being a basketball purist and, a, and I guess a junkie, uh, I would just love to see it continue to go through. But in the meantime, we have had some ability to watch some other games, uh, things like the Boomers versus Bahrain. So I think it does have a little bit of a hiccup, uh, but I'm sure both Sydney and New Zealand are benefiting from it greatly in their preparation. Is that a scheduling thing that the NBL just couldn't get around um, at the end of the day? It is, uh, without a doubt, this qualifying period that's going on. Uh, it affects uh, some players both locally and internationally, New Zealand and, and our NBL players playing for Australia. Um, and I think, obviously, it was just the scheduling of how it went going into uh, the tournament. Um, so, look, I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to happen regularly, and hopefully the NBL can get on top of it earlier rather than later. All right. Well, as you mentioned, we do have uh, plenty of great basketball Uh, to look at elsewhere. Uh, Before we do that, though, just some news. Uh, Daryl McDonald, he will be part of the Brisbane Bullets uh, coaching staff now. What are your thoughts on the addition uh, to the Bullets? Yeah, really good. Look, I think, uh, obviously, since they signed Justin Schuller from United, uh, who was a a lead assistant there under Dean Vickerman, uh, he's had an incredible pedigree of learning under one of the great basketball minds in the NBL under Dean Vickerman, as I mentioned. D-Mac has been a part of that program. Uh, he's also very highly respected and regarded as a player development coach. So Justin has signed someone that he has some certainty, some assurity, uh, some confidence in, uh, which I think is important for a first-year coach. So they've released Sam McKinnon, Peter Crawford, Perro Cameron, uh, some guys who had been around that program. And it looks like it's time for a fresh start down there at Brisbane. All right, and in other coaching news, Simon Mitchell, head coach of the South East Melbourne Phoenix, he has stepped down from the role. What did you make of that news from earlier in the week? Yeah, look, I, I like Simon. Uh, I think Simon has got strength as a coach, and you could see the wear and tear of the NBL season um, and being so close, particularly in his first year or two. Uh, I remember the game versus Melbourne United. They had a lead in the fourth quarter in his second season where United ended up winning that game and then obviously being the Wildcats who were without Bryce to win the championship for United, uh, that would have been one that they you know, would be sitting back at and, and it was a lost opportunity. But Simon Mitchell will find his way again, no doubt, in the coaching ranks, either here 
um, in Australia or overseas. Um, and there are some big names now, Matt, that are being uh, thrown around. You know, the potential of one of the Wildcats' greatest ever coaches, if not the greatest, Trevor Gleeson, uh, has been linked to the Phoenix. And I think Brian Gorgian's name will continue to get spoken about in the circles in the NBL because more so from the point of view that when you have a budget like Phoenix, they won't uh, shy away from trying to recruit some of that elite talent knowing they've been close. And in four years, Mitchell just couldn't quite get him over the hump. Uh, but a great guy. He's been tremendous for that program. So wish him all the best. Now, Nick, you mentioned that you got a chance to watch some other basketball uh, this week. Mm. The Boomers, they defeated Bahrain yesterday pretty comfortably. I don't know really why you'd watch this game after halftime because it was <laughs> it was over uh, before we even knew it. Um, yeah, the Aussies, 83-51, to 51, the final score. It was a World Cup, Cup qualifier, and, uh, yeah, they'll be, they'll be in there with ease. So, um, yeah, what were your thoughts on, on the matchup yesterday? Well, I'm, I don't really agree with you that they got in there with ease, particularly the way they started in that first quarter. They, uh, they really they struggled to kind of uh, dust off the rust at the start of this game, and, and I thought they were a little bit ordinary as well in the third quarter, particularly where they only made one field goal and scored seven points. But as you mentioned, they did get a comfortable win against Bahrain by 32. I think the storyline for me, and I really enjoyed sitting back late last night watching the replay, was the game of, and this will give Wildcats fans something, some level of encouragement and a smile on their faces, it was the performance of Todd Blanchfield. You know, he top scored for the Boomers with 20 points, and it was the efficiency in which he did it from the perimeter. Four for seven from the three-point line. He had a stretch there where he nailed 13 consecutive points from memory in, in under three minutes which played a huge part in that blowout, uh, getting that separation away from Bahrain. And it was a part of a 23-0 run from memory. But Blanchfield was impressive. He played with a lot of confidence. You could see the Boomers' teammates got around him. Um, And I love just seeing Nick Kay play. You know, I mean, as a Wildcats fan, supporter, and a basketball, you know, purist that you just love watching the the game, this guy just, he exudes uh, high performance and class out there on the floor. He's a glue guy. He does so many things that create for his teammates, like Humphreys, where he was able to hand-feed him a dunk under the basket. And I thought Reese Vague was also really, really good in this game as well. So they eventually got uh, got away with it in the second quarter there on that run, but uh, a comfortable, easy win, as you mentioned, and a good one for Dean Vickerman in his first role as head coach of the Boomers. How do you think the game will go against Kazakhstan on Sunday? Pretty much the same. I can't <laughs> see it... Being too much of an issue for the Boomers, particularly now once they've had this first game, and as I mentioned, dusted off the rust a little bit, I think you'll come out. Their defense was really good. That's what I like seeing, the ability to get up the floor, attack the offense at the point of their offense, really turn them. They were really good in getting and winning all the hustle plays, getting on the floor, deflections. Their anticipation rate in the passing lanes was good. So looking forward to seeing how they compete against in the next game. All right, uh, we're speaking to Nick Lakovich here on Sports Drive this afternoon. Nick, let's turn our attention to the WNBL because we are on yep. the final stretch as we head towards uh, round number 16. We're currently in round 15. Uh, one game has been completed. It was the Flyers defeating the Boomers, 81-67, to 67, and currently uh, in the second quarter, about four and a half minutes remain. The Flames lead the Lightning, 43-35. to 35. 
But let's talk about our Perth links because it yep. is a huge game coming up tomorrow. 6.30 p.m. tip-off against the Bendigo Spirit. It is a must-win. So what are the keys to this game for the Perth Lynx, Nick, if they do want to get up over Bendigo? Well, Matt, for the first time, I'm, I'm, I'm going to plead with all the listeners and let this go out across the state of our great Western Australia and let's fill the Bendat Centre tomorrow night, as you mentioned, at 6.30 because uh, this is beyond a must-win game for the Perth Lynx and for our girls. Uh, Bendigo are 11-8, and eight, we're 10-8. and eight. Um, where we take care of this, we're tied. Uh, we have some remaining games, which I think the Lynx are comfortable in. And if they play at a level where they can beat Bendigo tomorrow night at home, we're on the road to Adelaide and UC Capital. So, and then the Spirit have a tough game against the top of the table, Fire. Um, so it puts us in a great position. But again, Ryan is the lead in preparing this this team uh, to play at a really high level. The um, the ability to really focus in on film, uh, dissect the strengths of an Annalie Maley, who leads them in both points and rebounds, has just been signed in the WNBA. Uh, Froling, Wilson, um, both Wilsons there. Uh, they're a deep team. Uh, they compete really, really hard. They rebound and defend well. Uh, but I'm really confident that we're going to get a special performance out of some of the leaders out of the Perth Links, and probably none more so than the great Sammy Whitcomb who leads the Lynx in scoring. Bibby has been on a bit of a tear of late. And uh, the WNBL version of Nikola Jokic, Lawrence Scherf, uh, who leads the team in assists, rebounds, and is third in scoring. Um, it's going to be an exciting contest, one that I can't wait to see how the girls just want to have the opportunity to find out where they're really at. And, uh, and I'm full of confidence for them. How do they look to limit the impact of Annalie Maley, as you mentioned, uh, top scorer and top rebounder? Well, it's not going to come down to one player without giving too much away, but it'll certainly come down as a group effort. I mean, limiting her touches, making sure she doesn't get any second-chance opportunities. She's an elite rebounder. Averages close to 12 per game. She hunts that thing on the offensive glass. She's got great mobility, and she's really efficient in transition. So one of the key points will be our shot selection, our execution on offense to keep them out of transition, locating Maley early, slowing the ball down and playing her physically and trying to limit her opportunities is, uh, is probably going to be a, going a long way in, in allowing us to get a win. Okay, really looking forward to the game. It is coming up tomorrow at Bend at 6.30 tip-off. You don't want to miss this. Must win for the Perth Lynx because if they get on top, they win their head-to-head they only need to win mm. one out of the next uh, two games for them coming up in round 16. If the Bendigo do get the job done, they win the head-to-head and it doesn't matter if the Perth Lynx win both of their games. So as Correct. we've been talking about, a must-win. Cannot wait to see uh, this matchup tomorrow night. Uh, how do you see the other matches playing out in the round, Nick, before we turn our attention to some mm-hmm. NBA? So uh, the current game that is being played between the Sydney Flames and the Lightning, it's currently 44-37, to 37, three minutes remaining in the second quarter. Uh, can the Flames hang on? Well, I think they can, um, but i tell you what, it's been a fragmented season for the Flames. There's been... Um, you know, that's a polarizing organization led from the top down, the Kings to the Flames ownership there. Um, you know, look, I, I think Adelaide have the ability uh, with the class that they have to fight back in this game and probably take it towards the end. 
Okay, we've got the UC Capitals taking on the Melbourne Boomers tomorrow. That'll be a Boomers win, and I think comfortably. Okay, we've got the Townsville Fire. They're taking on the Sydney Flames to close out the round. Yeah, I think Townsville uh, want to lock up top spot there, and uh, they'll be hungry to continue their nine-game winning streak and to tip it over into double digits, so that'll be a fire victory. All right, Nick, let's turn our attention to the NBA to close things off. Uh, We're coming off of the All-Star break. It was uh, the first batch of games today. Who do you think is primed uh, coming out of this All-Star break to really push towards the NBA Finals? Well, I mean, if you look at the standings and you look at the way that... I I really love to play a lot of close attention to uh, how teams respond after the All-Star break. They've had the ability, the trade deadline has passed, the all-star break is now behind us, and then seeing the hunger in how they want to come out and close out the back end of this season. And to see Denver today uh, take the Cavs and Nikola Jokic have another triple-double, 24-18-13, and 13. their depth there with Porter Jr. and Murray uh, are really impressive, and, and they, they won a really good game against a talented Cavs team. So for me in the West, it's Denver, Memphis as the top two teams right there. Um, And in the East, it's hard to go past the depth, uh, the confidence and how they've played all season from game one to now in Boston. And I think with uh, Giannis getting healthy, uh, that wrist injury that he has, I think you're going to see a resurgence there from Milwaukee um, late in the season, even though they're sitting in second position. And the 76ers have been... Really good over the last, I think, probably three to four weeks as well. One of the informed teams in the competition. They closed out a really tough win today where they were behind for most of the game against Memphis and were able to get a win by five points. So I think in the east, it's Boston, Milwaukee, and in the west, Denver and Memphis for me. Yeah, the Bucks on that uh, 12-game winning streak. They've been great since Chris Middleton has returned. What about the Phoenix Suns? You didn't mention them. Kevin Durant making his way over. It's a big trade, Nick. It's a massive trade, um, but, you know, the health, the injury, getting the chemistry on the floor together, how durable can Chris Ball be? He's a key piece for this group. He's missed lots of games. Devin Booker, you know, Aiton and and Durant, that elevates them. But I think over a series and the ability that the chemistry of a team like a Denver have had, the, the toughness and the grit and the brashness of a Memphis, you've got it. There is a changing of a guard here right now. And I think, you know, trying to recruit and build these super teams takes some time. They've effectively got about 20 games to get it together. And I don't know if that's going to be enough to build enough confidence and chemistry to win a championship. What about the other recent trade to the Clippers? Russell Westbrook is heading uh, from one side of LA to the other. (laughs) Oh, I mean, so many people have asked me about this and I still scratch my head. Clearly there's a a long-standing relationship with PG yeah. uh, and Westbrook there, but they need shooting, and Paul George and Kawhi need the ball in their hands. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to play out, um, whether he's willing to take a more of a limited role off the bench, lead that second group, um, be the guy who's going to anchor the defense by you know ball pressure and passing lanes. I just can't see it happening, and, and Kawhi's not an easy guy to get on with. Like, he's not a social guy. So uh, I think there's um, going to be some adjusting there with personalities. Let's put it that way. All right. I'm not too sure he's not an easy guy to get along with. I think maybe the media struggle to get along with him. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing how that all works because they are massive trades. Russell Westbrook to the Clippers, Kevin Durant to the Suns. 
Will it work or won't it? We'll have to wait and find out. Uh, Nick, a pleasure. As always, thank you very much for taking the time and enjoy your weekend. Anytime, Matt. Thanks again. Thank you. There he goes. Nick Lakovic, friend of the show, former Wildcat NBL analyst, doing a great job with the Perth Lynx as well. I thank him for his time on today's show.